Hi, I'm Leah Potter. And I'm Meredith Roten, and we're two news editors at the GW Hatchet. This is the Hatchet's weekly podcast, Getting to the Bottom of It, covering the happenings around Foggy Bottom and GW's campus. This week, we have our welcome back guide, which has all the tips you could need for having a great year. And so GW welcomed one of its largest freshman classes in recent history. Yeah, I was on a run this weekend, and I ran past Thurston Hall, and it was just insane seeing all of the freshmen and their parents gathered outside with hundreds of blue carts kind of shuffling in. Well, now that they're all moved in, they can finally catch up on campus news. Yeah, and I'm here with Kayla Harris and Lauren Peller, two of our news editors to help all freshmen get caught up on news. Thanks for coming on, guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, Leah. What are some of the major headlines that happened over the summer? GW fell off the list of being one of the most politically active colleges in the nation, and this was the first time we fell off in more than a decade. And it had huge repercussions for GW's memes page. Yeah, the name actually changed this summer to GW Memes for Thomas J. LeBlanc, STEM-oriented, radical centrist teens. Yeah, which was kind of poking fun at President LeBlanc's new focus on STEM, because previously the title of the meme page had always been for the most politically active teens, or the 10th most politically active teens after we dropped to number 10 last year. But but now it's just gone. Yeah, and one of our neighboring schools, American University, came in at number one this year. What else happened this summer? The class of 2022 will be the largest freshman class since at least 2008, adding about 200 more students than the previous year. And in terms of housing and adding course sections, there have been some changes to accommodate the larger class. For example, freshmen are being housed in Fulbright Hall, which was typically an upperclassman dorm and also more class sections in departments like political science and anthropology are being added to accommodate more students. Let's talk about the development projects that are underway. What happened over the summer with those? Mayor Muriel Bowser approved the development of the helipad on top of the hospital this summer, and she said that it should be finished by the spring. And then closer to the center of campus, a local governing group also approved the construction of a new space right outside of Gelman. It'll be a study space for students. That's actually under construction now. So if you walk past Gelman right now, you can see all of the boards on the ground. I think that should actually be done sooner than later. The other ones are going to take a bit. The university is also working on installing a new crosswalk on, or two new crosswalks actually, on H Street between 21st and 22nd Street. So that's going to be from Kogan Plaza to District House. And so this has kind of been a conversation that's been happening for a long time because students have always been really concerned, at least in the past couple of years, about the safety of that street. And so, you know, over the summer, a student was actually hit by a car as he was crossing that street. And so this is kind of a very timely issue. Um, The university initially proposed this a couple months back and their initial plans for the crosswalk um, was to have two crosswalks. And then in between the crosswalks was going to be some like GW branding. But the DC Department of Transportation did not like that plan. And so now it's just two crosswalks with some space in between, like a crossing zone is what it is. And uh, it was initially supposed to be finished by this fall, by like the start of the school year, but they still don't have approval yet. So still waiting on that from DDOT. Um, That should come sometime this fall. Thank you both for coming on. Thanks so much for having us. And we have our culture editor, Margot Dines, here to talk with some news editors about tips and tricks to survive this year. I'm here with Leah, who wrote a story on cooking recipes for our welcome back guide. And she's here to discuss some general dorm kitchen tips, as well as a couple recipes. How are you doing? Good. Yeah, I'm excited to give some tips about how to 
cook in residence halls. It can be tough. It can be really challenging. So residence halls are kind of all different with their kitchen setups. And a lot of freshmen go into their dorm without a stove or an oven. And it's only a microwave often. So do you have any, you know, food staples for students who may have such a limited kitchen space? Yeah, one thing that is super common for microwaves is certain kinds of pasta. So like ramen is what you might think of when you think Mm. of college freshmen. But if you want to break out of that rut, you could do something more like overnight oatmeal. And that's something that you are preparing the night before. So it's not a lot of stress the, the next morning after you make it and that you just let soak in milk can be any type of milk you do almond cashew or dairy and just for maybe six or eight hours so the amount of time you'd be sleeping you just let that sit in your refrigerator and then the next morning the oats will have absorbed the milk and it will be nice and creamy and so you can either put that in the microwave and heat it up and have hot oatmeal but you can also totally eat it cold you know on your way to class maybe put a few berries on there some nuts that sort of thing love that yeah okay and so you know once you're out of the freshman life you kind of get out of that kitchenless purgatory and you are you know, finally out there with a with a full fridge and an oven. And that's even more stressful sometimes, you know, having the incentive to cook. So do you have any options for an upperclassman who may be looking for a nice snack? Sure. If you want to go for a dessert that can be served more on the fancy side, I think cobbler is definitely the way to go. It's something that's very fast to prepare, maybe five to ten minutes. Mm-hmm. And then you're baking it for maybe an hour or so. So you can study during that time, you can Mm -hmm. be working on other things, and not really having to do a high-maintenance dessert. Great. Thank you so much, Leah, for coming on and chatting with me about these recipes. Yeah, of course. I'm here with our social media director, Lindsay Pollan, to discuss the fall concerts for our Welcome Back Guide. Hi, Lindsay. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Great. So Program Board is not hosting Fall Fest for the first time in more than a decade, and students may still be looking for music to check out for the fall semester. So Lindsay, are there any spots that you think will be popping this this semester? Yeah, so the great thing about DC is that there are tons of different concert venues and festivals going on in the fall, and also at a lot of different price ranges. Well, let's talk about the festivals first. We mentioned two different festivals, so give us the lowdown on both of them. So, closer to home, there's All Things Go, which is happening during fall break, and it's a two-day lineup, and passes are $89, and actually it's pretty unique this year because there's an all-women's day with Billie Eilish and Carly Rae Jepsen headlining, which is pretty rare for festivals to have an all-women lineup. Yeah, I would say. And and also, like, Carly Rae Jepsen for that Sunday night is going to be otherworldly, if you ask me. And there's also one a little bit further away yeah. from home, right? And that's earlier in the semester on September 22nd. Yeah. So Trelectro Festival will be at Meriwether Post Pavilion, and it's a one-night event. And it will feature some of the biggest names in R&B and hip-hop, including SZA, Young Thug, and 2 Chains. I know Meriwether is great because it has lawn seating. You can just chill out on the grass if you wanted for cheap. So um, maybe not so cheap yeah. for good seats coming up next. Capital One. Who do you think students need to check out at Capital One this year? Yeah, so there are a lot of rappers coming around this fall, actually almost back to back. 
We're going to have Drake there on September 12th and 13th with Migos for the Aubrey and the Three Amigos tour. And then just one week later, there's going to be Childish Gambino for his This Is America tour. And so for people who may not have the money to shell out to see Drake on the floor of the Capital One Arena, what are some cheaper venues that feature maybe smaller artists that they can still get a really great time out of. Yeah, so 930 Club is amazing. It's super intimate, um, not that far from campus, and it hosts some really cool alternative and indie bands. Later on this year for two nights, um, on September 19th and 20th, Car Seat Headrests are coming. I also love, for cheaper venues around that neighborhood, U Street Music Hall and Lincoln Theater, which is seated. Yeah, So then there's Songbird. Yeah. Um, Black Hat. And then a little bit further, there's Rock and Roll Hotel. Okay, we can't go anywhere without mentioning DC's newest venue to open last year, which was the Anthem on the Wharf. And some of music's biggest people will come to this club venue and take their arena-sized shows and scale yeah. them down for a really intimate night. So yeah, and they still pull in some really big names. They do. Um, Florence and the Machine is going to be there for two nights. I am so excited for that one, and I'm also pretty excited for Leon Bridges, yeah. who is a very soulful, beautiful singer. Yeah. So Margot, even though Fall Fest was canceled, there's definitely still an abundance of concerts and festivals to catch in the district this fall. Absolutely, Lindsay. Well, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. So with every new semester comes a new list of stressors for each student. Our assistant news editor, Sarah Roach, knows this better than anybody else. And so she's here to talk with me about some stress management tips for our Welcome Back Guide. How are you doing, Sarah? I'm great, Margo. How are you? I'm great. And so I really loved some of your tips here. Um, students really need to get into a groove when it comes to the semester or else things will just get really out of whack. So how do you... Uh, suggest students keep up with their obligations? Yeah, so the number one thing that I do is really just make lists. I'm definitely a big list person, um, and there are a couple ways that you could do that. You could do that through a notebook. You can get at-a-glance notebooks that have areas that you can jot down, like your weekly or monthly plans, or if your day is really busy, you can do hour by hour. But if you're more someone who's always staring at your phone, then you can go on Google Calendar, or you can use Evernote. Yeah, and, you know, being one of those people who have a written calendar makes you look like you know what you're doing. Right. Even yeah. if you are totally flailing. But for those of us who maybe get a little psyched out by lists, you know, we just want nothing in front of us. We want to decompress the stress. How do you suggest students take their mind out of schoolwork? Yeah, I mean, for people who, you know, can keep it up in their head, but they need to let out their stress in other ways, there are definitely some meditation activities that you can do. If you don't want to move around, you could just color in the lines of a notebook. For meditation, for me, it can be hard to, like, get really, not have my mind wander. And so I think there are tons of podcasts you can try that just have, like, 15 to 30 minute ambient noises or rain, just like any sound that kind of just lets you tune out everything. But, you know, some people don't react to noise or visuals, and they'd rather treat their senses to a little aromatherapy. Yeah, there um, are a couple things that you can do if you don't find peace in, you know, coloring or just trying to meditate on your own. You can get oil diffusers and you can put them in your room. The fumes will come out of out of the oil diffuser and it'll spread it throughout the entire room. So, you know, if you're if you find peace that way and you want to relax in your bedroom, then you can always just go in there and the scent will be there. Yeah, and if you really need to take your scents on the go, mm -hmm. 
There are some really cool and trendy portable oil diffusers that are good for one person and fit in your pocket. They kind of look a little bit like vape pens, but instead of nicotine, there's just a nice little scent that you can inhale and exhale, and without really tasting anything else, you just get the waft of the scent and you're relieved. Inside the university, we have a lot of services as well to relieve tension. Yeah, the university offers lifestyle, sport, and physical activity courses. They're otherwise known as LSPAs, so if someone is saying, oh, I take an LSPA, you're probably taking some sort of exercise class, which can range from, you know, cycling, to boxing, to dancing, to yoga, and And the classes are typically 45 minutes long. It doesn't take out a huge chunk of your day, but it's a good way to to alleviate some stress and and force yourself to, you know, get that physical activity you need to take away some of that tension. LSPAs are free. You don't get credit for them counted towards your GPA, but there are some things that you can pay for on campus. And one of those is, is a massage that is offered in the Learner Health and Wellness Center. These massages are something that I don't think a lot of students even know about, but they do seem to be below market rates. Mm -hmm. If you go to a DC massage salon, these kind of cost sometimes over $100 for a 60-minute session. Right. But the cheapest for students is 78 You can sign up for them online at, on the Learner website, or you can go to the Campus Recreation Desk and sign up for a massage right there. Thanks for coming on, Sarah. Thanks for having me, Margo. I appreciate it. That's all for this week. Thanks for joining us on Getting to the Bottom of It. Getting to the Bottom of It is hosted by news editors Meredith Roten and Leah Potter and features culture editor Margot Dines. This podcast is produced by managing editor Matt Cullen, video editor Ariana Dunham, and contributing photo editor Ethan Stoller. Special thanks to Kayla Harris, Lauren Peller, Sarah Roach, and Lindsay Pollan for joining us. See you next week.